Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastor from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. Can we take a minute to thank our moms? I was reading on Yahoo something yesterday that just totally, totally stunned me. And it said that one-third of America will not celebrate Mother's Day. Can we take a moment to just pray for those people? I'm just kidding. Um, But I couldn't believe people don't love their moms. They're not celebrating their mom. They're not celebrating the things that she's done. So here's what I want y'all to do. Some of you, your mom is not here. Um, Some of you may have told your mom, hey, watch watch our church. It's online, denaz.church slash live or whatever. You can watch it. And so here's what I want you to do. If If you haven't had a chance yet to get your mom a card, or flowers, or something, you're going to have the opportunity to do something pretty awesome. Tell her that you said that you loved her on the internet. And if she's old enough, she's just going to think, wow, that's awesome. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. On three, I want you all to say I love you. Those of you online, yell it out as loud as you can too. Ready? One, two, three. I love you. See, I love you, mom. My mom's here, so she got to hear me say it. I love you, mom. It's good to have you here today. Uh, what we're going to do for those of you moms that are watching, your kids, they were in church today, even though they couldn't be with you. So happy Mother's Day. Uh, good to be along with you. If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, either open them up on your app. I've got mine here on my Bible app, or I've got a real, this paper thing with a leather cover. This is a Bible, uh, for those of you that haven't seen one. Um, we've, got our, we've got our Bible app, we've got the Bible. Turn to Acts chapter 1. Uh, we're walking through the series of... Jesus in the waiting. What do we do when we're waiting for God to do what we want him to do? What do we do in the meantime when he hasn't quite answered our prayer yet? Later on today, you'll hear about uh, the prayer course. And in the prayer course, they've added another prayer course. uh, This is the prayer course two on unanswered prayer. Because there were so many questions about what do I do when God's not answering my prayers? What do I do when I'm in the waiting. So the disciples in this particular chapter of the Bible uh, have been waiting 40 days for Jesus to do something. He was on the cross, killed, been resurrected, and for 40 days, I traveled around, talked with them, and did stuff, but they were waiting for something big to happen, and it just, it hadn't happened yet. They were just kind of going through life. And so I want to read to you just a little bit of what the guy by the name of Luke, who wrote this book, Uh, wanted the people to understand. So Luke wrote two books, the Gospel of Luke. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the Gospels. So Luke had his book and then the book of Acts. They kind of go together. The first book is all about Jesus and his life. The book of Acts is all about the disciples and how they lived after the Holy Spirit came. So what we want to do is look at this little middle area where we're waiting We're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. So in Acts chapter 1, here's how this passage reads. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, Theophilus, everything, Jesus, this is not, um, uh, Theophilus means believer, someone who's seeking, someone who's looking. So some of your versions may even say that. It's not, it might be a literal guy. It might just be that he's speaking to people in general like us who are trying to figure out about this Jesus guy. My first book to you, Theophilus, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up into heaven, given his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, 
he appeared to the apostles from time to time. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized you with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were there with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Would you bow your heads with me? Gracious Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to gather together and speak it, to hear it. We pray that right now you would come. Holy Spirit, we know that you've promised wherever two or three gathered, there you are. But we ask again today, would you speak to us? Lord, things that we need to understand, speak to our, speak to our minds. Uh, Lord, speak to our emotions, speak to our hearts. Help us to, to be moved by what it is that you want us to do. Lord, speak to our hands and feet. Help us to be able to, ready to go, do the things that you want to empower us to do. Lord, for everyone listening under the sound of my voice right now, I just pray that you would meet with us, that you would speak to us that you would transform us and conform us to your image. All these things, Father, we ask and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to tell you today six different things out of this passage of Scripture. I'm going to tell you five of them really fast. We're going to spend a little bit of time on one of them. It's a little bit longer. Jesus tells them what to do while they're waiting, right? Uh, He comes and says, hey, don't worry. Uh, The Holy Spirit's going to come. John baptized you with water, but go to Jerusalem And wait, don't leave Jerusalem. Go to Jerusalem, don't leave. I've heard people say before, until you've heard God tell you to go do something, wait on him. Quit moving around doing crazy stuff. I've heard other people say, if God told you to go and do something, don't stop until God tells you to stop. What Jesus tells the disciples to do is don't leave Jerusalem. Go back there and wait. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John baptized you with water, John the Baptist, But the Holy Spirit will baptize you. It's going to be a totally different thing. So go and wait for that to take place. Here's what's interesting, I think. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. The disciples then ask a question, okay? Jesus looks at them and says, go wait. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. It's going to be an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jesus. So when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Here's what's going on in their heads. Lord, you say you're the Messiah. Our Old Testament says when the Messiah comes, Israel's going to be restored. Right now, the Romans are running things. So remember, you told us you were going to die. We didn't get it. So you went to the cross. You died. Really cool trick coming back from the dead. We like that one. So now, what are you going to do? When are you going to restore the kingdom? It's been 40 days. 
we've been walking around. You come back and you keep telling us about the kingdom of God and, and what's going to happen. So when is the kingdom going to be restored? And here's what's interesting. It says, when is our kingdom going to be restored? When are things going to be back the way we want them to be? When are we going to have power? When are we going to be in control? Jesus looks at him and says, hey, hey, I don't know. I have no idea. Only the Father knows those things. God knows when that's going to take place, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's the next thing. He's already told him once, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what about right now? Um, how many of you, I'm going to take a poll right now. How many of you this last year, you have at least asked God one time, Lord, when, I don't need you to restore the whole kingdom of God, but when will you restore sanity to the United States of America? How many of y'all have prayed that? Yeah, okay. How many of y'all are still praying that? Lord, when will you, re- how long do we have to wait for this to be restored? I'm tired of arguing over masks. I'm tired of arguing over a vaccination. Um, if, I, if I wear a mask, does that mean I, I don't trust God? If I get a vaccination, does that mean I don't trust God? Um, all those kind of fun things. If I, if I don't get it, does that mean I'm not taking care of other people? If I don't wear a mask, does that mean I don't care about other people? Um, folks, we can look at scripture all over the place. My response to people now that have begun to ask me, why do you wear a mask? Do you not trust God? No, I trust God. But also reading scripture, don't put the Lord your God to the test. I wear a mask. I, I forgot a mask yesterday, so Friday. I went somewhere, and I usually keep extras in my car uh, because I've told everybody, you know, wear masks, protect other people, all that kind of fun stuff. I was so embarrassed. I'm walking around. I had no mask. I couldn't find anybody to give me a mask. I was like, I'm so ashamed. What am I going to do? I was like, God, please, just let us get through this thing, right? Please restore some sanity. Keep Christians from yelling at each other. Keep Christians from, I mean, just... Can you, Lord, when are you going to restore some sanity? Not much, not a kingdom, just sanity. Can you please restore that? How long do we have to wait? What do we do in the waiting? Jesus says, go back, stay in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's really crazy. But when are you going to restore the kingdom, God? They still don't get it. He says this. Okay, I don't know but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Whether things are good or bad, you're going to be my witnesses. Does it matter if the Romans are still in control? No, what matters is you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll have power. You'll have power to speak my truth. You'll have power to change the situation that you're in. You'll have power to see things differently. You'll have power to share who I am. That's what we think of when we hear the word witness, right? Can I get a witness? Here's what the word witness is in Greek. It looks like this. Uh, it's martyreo. Martyreo is the Greek word. Okay? Uh, mu, alpha, rho, tau, epsilon, rho, epsilon, omicron. Are you impressed? I know Greek. Isn't that cool? Just wanted to, please say you're impressed because I've worked hard on that. Just kidding, don't clap though, don't clap. That would go to my head. Um, Martyreo. In English, it's where we get the word martyr from. So let me change this phrase. Lord, when will you restore the kingdom? 
When will we get to be in power? I don't know. God knows all that. But listen to this. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my martyrs. Not just in Jerusalem, but in Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Y'all are going to be sent places around the world. It's going to be phenomenal. You'll get to see places you've never thought of seeing before. And you'll go there and die for me. Woo! Sign me up, right? I, um, I want the kingdom thing. I want that, when are you going to restore our kingdom? No, 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 you'll get to be my witnesses. Now, the word martyr didn't initially mean you had to die for your sins or die for your, your beliefs. It just meant you witnessed to these things. But if you believe them and you share them, you'll have the power that those things, whatever comes against you, doesn't matter because you believe it so much. These are the same guys. Remember, these 11 guys that he's speaking to are the same 11 guys that took off running from him when he went to the cross. And he says, it won't happen again. You'll receive power to be able to stand. Remember all the things you told me you were going to do? You'll be able to do them when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So what do we pray for? I don't, I don't want to pray for that. This, this last year, I'll be honest with you, this last week, I was praying, Lord, please restore some sanity <laughs> to the world. I'm tired. I'm tired of the way things are going. I'm tired of the way things are. Lord, what are you, and I made the mistake of asking God, God, what are you wanting to do through me? What are you wanting to have happen? And what I heard was this passage of scripture that I was reading. I want you to be my witness. Whether I restore sanity or not, whether things get easy for you or not is not the issue. The issue is, do you want to be filled with my Holy Spirit? Because if you're filled with my Holy Spirit, you'll have the power to live the way you really need to live the way you really want to live, the life that I have for you. It might not be easy, but it'll be full of joy. You'll look like me. You'll walk like me. You'll talk like me. You'll act like me. In the midst of the craziness that's going on in the world, you can have power. Yeah, God, but please, can we go back to the sanity thing <laughs> for America? <clears throat> that's, that's what I'd like. Why do I keep going back to that? Because that's, that's what I want. It's what I need. It's what I want to have happen, not necessarily what God wants to have happen. Jesus looks at his disciples and says to them, this has all been about the kingdom. So go back to Jerusalem and wait, and you'll be my witnesses. So let's go back to the rest of the passage. Jumping down to verse 12. The apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives at a distance of about a half mile. Um, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, the son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other women and the brothers of Jesus. Jesus tells them, go back to Jerusalem and wait. Go back to Jerusalem and wait. So they get ready, they go back and they pray. In the meantime, before that, though Jesus, this is what's really crazy about this story. Jesus tells them what's gonna happen and then he says, see you later, peace out and he zooms up into heaven. So let me ask you a question, just naturally. Be honest. If you saw somebody 
standing to you, talking to you, and then they just shot up into the heavens. What would you do? If it were me, I would be watching. That's normal, right? It's normal. The disciples are doing this, and these two guys show up in white robes and say, hey, why are you staring up in the heavens? Because the dude just shot up into the heavens. I've never seen it before. It's, is he, what's going to happen? And they're going, hey, just the way he went, he's going to come back one day for y'all. So why stand there gazing? He's told you what to do. Go do it. <laughs> Be honest, if I'm one of the disciples, I'm going, but he's our leader. <laughs> and he's gone. And... Uh, we're hoping that's going to happen to us too because he just told us we were going to be martyrs. <laughs> It'd be a whole lot easier just to zoom up. But they can't, so they go back. What do you do when things don't go the way you want them to? What is your default? When things go wrong, when things go bad, when things take longer than you want them, what do you do? I want to talk to some, some moms and dads and aunts and uncles close friends, that you have friends that are lost that don't know the Lord. They've wandered from him. You don't know what to do about it. Some of us will begin to pray for our friends. We'll pray for our children. Um, periodically, we think about them. We take time to wonder about them. We pray for them. We pray for their salvation. We pray that they'll come back to know the Lord. That's what we do while we're waiting on them to come back. While we're waiting on Jesus to come back, what do you pray for? What do you seek? What are you looking for? A guy by the name of John Wesley um, <clears throat> is a really renowned preacher back from the 1700s. Um, he started kind of the Methodist church that the Nazarene church came, became a part of. Um, I read to people one time out of his, one of his journals. I didn't have his actual journal, but some things have been written down. And um, he had a prayer on Thursday nights. He had he'd written a prayer book. He had a prayer for every morning of the day, every midday, and every evening. And so he would pray these prayers. The Thursday night prayer that he had. I think, I think Roberta, I saw you here. Can you put it online? I know you copied it down a week or so ago. I'd mentioned it in staff meeting, prayed John Wesley um, had this prayer that talked about, Lord, I give you everything of me. All my money, it's yours. Tell me how you want me to spend it. Help me, help me to live on as little as I can and do whatever else you want me to do with everything that I have. My money's yours. My reputation is yours. Help me not to try and think myself better than I am, but do only what would help fit your kingdom and serve your kingdom. Um, don't let me have any reputation of my own, but only what comes from you. Uh, Lord, my family and my relationships, let those be guided by you. Let me seek out the things that you want me to do, the ways that you want me to do them. Um, Lord, my possessions, things that I have, let me be willing to let go of them if you want them. Let me use them the way you want me to use them if you've given to me. It's, it's an unbelievable prayer. When you read through this, you're going, good grief. This dude basically just gave God control of his entire life and said, everything is yours. I'm going to detail everything I can think of. And at the very end, he said, if there's anything that I haven't thought of, 
Help me to be open to whenever you come and speak to me about whatever part of my life I haven't thought of to let you have control of it. I remember reading that prayer to some old Nazarene people one time in Naples, Florida, and they're going, that, that's the life of a truly sanctified person. That, that's what we want. I said, well, let me read you. A couple, couple years later, he's still doubting that he's even saved. Three years later, he finally has what Nazarene's Methodist would call his Aldersgate moment. It's this moment where he totally knew and understood that God loved him and cared for him. He was praying all this stuff I told you about every Thursday night, but still doubted he was a Christian. I would have read that prayer and gone, this guy is like Jesus. I mean, they're like this close. He's still doubting he's even saved. Five years later, he finally has this experience with God. So I'm reading all this and I'm talking to these old Christians, uh, people that love the Lord, people that are talking about living a totally devoted, sanctified life for God. And I said, do you think maybe we want to get all my life in order and get everything right and get everything just the way it needs to be and then say, okay, God, I'm ready for you to do what you want to in my life. And maybe we need to think a little bit more like John Wesley, who said, I'm going to start praying for how I want to be. And he began to pray, God, whatever you want is what I want with my money, with my vocation, with my family, with my stuff, with my reputation, whatever you want, that's what I want. Every Thursday night he prayed it. Five years later, it finally happened. Have you ever thought about praying not to be the kind of person that you are, but to pray consistently what God's word says he wants you to be? the person he created you to be, even if you're not living it right now, pray for God to make you that kind of person. And amazingly, it might happen. It's a whole lot easier for me to pray for somebody else. Lord, please fix them, right? You know they're not really good. If they were better, my life would be a lot easier. I wouldn't get so mad if they were nicer. I wouldn't say those words if they didn't do what they did. So stop them from doing the things they're doing, and I'll be a better person. Why are some of you laughing? <laughs> Did I get too close to home? Right? God, change me. When are you going to restore the kingdom? Doesn't matter. In the world that you're living in, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to help you be more than you ever dreamed you could be. Pray and seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you have a default, when things are wrong, when you're stuck in the waiting, what do you do? Jesus' disciples went and they prayed. I'm going to tell you how I learned that in my life. I learned that in my life, listening to a father talk about his mom. Um, my father um, my father was about 6'1". His mom was like 5'1", just a little tiny lady. She had uh, 12, 11 kids, had 11 kids. Um, my father was the youngest boy. There were nine boys, two girls. Um, my father said he could remember as a kid some of his older brothers who wandered from the Lord and they would still be living at home their later teenage years, college years. Um, and he would get up on the way they, they were getting up to go to school. His mom would get up early in the morning. Whatever time the earliest son needed to get up, she would be up. She would make them breakfast and they would have to sit at the table and she would sit with them at the table while they ate their breakfast, 
read them some scripture, do a devotional with them, and pray over them. Whether they wanted it or not, whether they were a Christian or not at the time, no matter what was going on, that's what they were going to get. They were going to get some Bible reading. They were going to get some prayer for their life. And they were going to be sent on their way with food. That's what Grandma did. My dad said he can remember coming home at night a little later than he should. Come in the house, and as he comes in the house and the door creaks, he could see his mom and dad's bedroom door cracked and mom kneeling at the bed praying for him while he was out that night. He could hear her praying and sobbing and crying for his brothers who didn't know the Lord. Just talking to Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. I didn't say this in first service, but I do recall this. And one of the things that made the biggest impact on his life in return made the biggest impact on my life. It says one time he stood by the door and he could hear his mom praying for one of his brothers. It said, Lord, whatever it takes for them to come to know you, if it means my life, I'm ready to give it so that they could come to you. He said, I'll never forget that. You know what kind of house I grew up in? I didn't get devotions in the morning before I went to school, but every night before we went to bed, I had to break out the Bible. We were going to read a chapter of the Bible, and we were going to pray together. I remember at times waiting, thinking my parents are going to be really tired, and they'll just want to go to bed, and I can just sneak off and won't do it. And I'll say, good night. I'm going to go ahead and go to bed. No, 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 not yet. We turn off the news or whatever, and we would read the Bible. I remember getting out the Bible and having pencil marks from that year we had gone through, and then a pen mark from the next time we had gone through, and then a different color pen mark or a highlight. There was different ways, and this year we're on the pencil mark, you know, going through the Bible, going through the Bible, having prayer. If you were to come visit me and spend the night at my house, guess what you got to do each night? I tried to talk to my parents and saying, this is just for us. It's a family thing. It's not for my friends. They said, no, it's our house thing, and if they're in our house, they get to be a part of it. So I learned which friends I could invite over, <laughs> which friends I didn't invite over. One time I had a friend over, I forgot to tell him what happened at night before we went to bed. And so we're off doing stuff, and it's like, oh, we're going to go to bed. Nope, don't forget, it's time for devotions. Oh, I forgot to tell you about this. So we go in, we sit down, and um, we read our passage of the Bible, and then we do something weird. As Christians, we don't think about this kind of interesting that we do this. And for my friend, it was like, well, what? Uh, we get up and we kneel, right? So you turn around and you kneel and you place your head right where your butt just was, right? And you're gonna, friend's going, why are you doing this? Um, this is weird. And we prayed. They didn't have to pray, but we were gonna pray and they got to be a part of it. Why? Because it helps us talk to Jesus. It's what we do while we're waiting, while things are good, while things are bad. What do we do? Jesus tells them, go back. And wait, there is nothing in this passage of scripture that says he told them, go back and pray. So just go wait. What do we do when we wait? How many of y'all, if you got out of school, you went home, your mom's going to be home late from work. Your mom says, just go home and wait. I'll be home later. We'll have dinner, right? So go home and wait for me. How many of you went home and just started praying? <laughs> go home and I'm going to pray. Wait for mom. No, that's not we do, right? You went home. If you're really good. If you're really good, right, maybe you're going to help 
do your homework. I'm going to do my homework so that when mom gets home, I can spend time with mom, right? If you're really good. Or if you're super good. I'm going to go home and I'll help mom with dinner. So you get the box of cereal and the milk and you put it on the table. Mom, I made dinner, right? (laughs) That's not our default, right? Where's your spare time go? I'm going to watch some Netflix, play some video games. I'm going to do whatever. What if in the waiting we said, you know what? I've got some time to wait. I'm going to talk to Jesus. Those of you that are parents, those of you that are grandmas and grandpas, uncles and aunts, when your kids watch you waiting, when your kids see you going through tough times, what are they watching you do while you're waiting? Are they watching you praying? Are they seeing you waiting on the Lord, seeking him for what he wants to do in and through your life? This last year has been a year of waiting for a lot of us. It appears that it may be things starting to lift, but we still got some waiting to do. I want to encourage you. I want to ask you. I want to beg you. Maybe you don't have Jerusalem, but when you go back home, wait on the Holy Spirit. While you're waiting, take some time to talk to Jesus. Take some time to speak to him. We're going to sing a song here in a second. What I want you to do while the song is going on is just think about talking to Jesus. Some of you may say, I don't know how to talk to Jesus. I'm going to tell you three simple things to do to help you talk with Jesus. Number one, keep things simple. Don't feel like you've got to pray big, huge words to him. Tell him what's on your heart. Even if it's When's the kingdom going to come? But he may say to you, hey, don't worry about that. Here's what I want you to start worrying about. Listen. Spend time in his word. Those of you that have nephews and nieces, kids that you work with, grandkids, children, do your kids ever catch you praying? What if your kids didn't have to catch you praying? What if you began to take the time to say to your kids, we're going to pray? It's a new thing in our house. I know I've told you to go pray, but we're going to do it together. I know for many of you it's going to be awkward. It's going to be awkward to start it if you haven't done it before. But start it. While we wait, we're going to pray. Why? Because when we pray, God moves, God answers. For the disciples, it took 10 days and God moved. The Holy Spirit came. For John Wesley, it took five years and the Holy Spirit moved and he came. I don't know how long it's going to take for you, but I know that in the waiting, God has told us, I want to talk to you. Come talk to Jesus. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.